0: Everybody, this is a fantastic and sunny Monday morning, or should I say afternoon now. Welcome to the Witty Writers Show. And I am here with the absolutely wonderful. I know you look at it, you're looking a bit shell shocked right now. I'm actually here with Lydia Emma Niebuhr. Yes. I was a little bit worried about pronouncing your name. I thought I need to get it right. So it's actually pronounced Niebuhr. Neither, yes. I think that's it's a really unusual name, Lydia. I it's German. Um, I
1: understand it's a very common name in Germany, but
0: uh, really, Yep.
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: I do you know what? I love it, and, and, and I've got to say, I'm a little bit jealous of you, Lydia, because my maiden name was spelt Jutson, J-U-T-S-O-N, which was actually Dutch, and it's supposed to <laughs> it was supposed to be pronounced Jutson. Yeah. But it almost sounds like somebody's swearing at you. Oi, Jutzen. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't have that. The
1: only, it, it's, you know, it's, the N-I-E in German, the
0: second vowel is pronounced. That's why it's Nie, Niebuhr. Niebuhr. Yeah. Wow. I, I think it's absolutely lovely. As I said, I'm extremely jealous because I would have loved a nice name like yours when I was young. Uh, <laughs> you can only imagine the nicknames and and the teasing I got. Um But welcome to the Witty Writers Show, Lydia. I'm so thrilled you're here Um, because you've been an extremely busy lady over the years. Um, And Mm. I want to give our viewers a little bit of background on you um, because you are a very, very smart lady. And I'm a bit blown away by you, to be honest with you, Um, because you've you I mean, you you're highly educated in sciences um, and obviously that's something that you chose to go full on into and and then ended up doing medical research, which in itself is, I mean, it's such a specialised field. But I get the impression that you've always had that passion for writing.
1: I think it was the, my career that was in the shadow of what I did the you know, early, early on, all the way through. Uh, yeah. I, I always liked to write, uh, maybe just tell stories too and not always write them down, but yeah, it would, uh, but when I went to college and I was the first in my family and, and all of my cousins too, that went to college. Wow. And uh, I went, <laughs> I went to college with $72 in the bank. That was it. And I, I, not that I, We didn't have a lot, I grew up on a farm, never felt poor, but just never had a lot of spending money. you know. So my goal was to get an education that would give me a job where I could get some money. And I didn't really have the confidence in myself to consider writing as that kind of job. (laughs) And science was my second love. So, and the original goal was to go into medical school, but uh, I got interested in research and I don't know how much you know about my background, but I started in medical research at the University of Minnesota. And after about a year and a half, um, I was transferred to the University of Minnesota in Austin, Minnesota, in the Hormel Institute. was wow. there for almost a year, and at that time, grants were very hard to get, and that's how the Hormel Institute, which was part of the University of Minnesota, got their money. So I just literally walked across them parking lot to the formal plant one day because I wanted to stay in Austin. And the receptionist says, oh, my dear, you need to go across the highway to the corporate office. And I did. Two weeks later, I got a job, and I stayed there for 37 and a half years. Wow.
0: I I tell you, do you know what? You're so inspirational, Lizzie. You really are because it just goes to show that if you don't ask and put yourself out there for opportunities – You're not going to get them. You have to be, you know, you have to go out and and make opportunities for yourself, don't you? I think in in any career, whether it's what you was doing with regards to research or as an author, you've still got to sort of put yourself out there and create the opportunities.
1: Well, when I was hired by the Hormel company, George A. Hormel and company at that time, uh, I was the third Woman hired on what they used to call the management payroll. The number one woman retired. Number two woman moved away, and so for most of my career, I think if they went back in the records, they would find that I was number one woman senior of seniority in the management for my whole career. Um, the uh, the quirk in the whole thing came when I asked for maternity leave. None. No one on the management payroll, considering they're all men, ever asked for maternity leave. So there, you know, that's my niche in Hormel history.
0: <laughs> that's amazing. You know, it, I I honestly think it's incredible that ladies like yourself are able to lead the way for other women. Because, uh, you know, being the first in, in that type of situation, it's always really, really tough. But once you've done it, you've then led the way for other women who come in behind you and make it easier for them. And I and I take my hat off to you. I think you're absolutely incredible, Lydia. We've got lots of people joining us right now. So I'm going to pop them up on the screen so they can say hello to you. Um, we've got Suzanne who's saying She says hello, ladies. She's, hello. She is. She's another author herself. Um, we've also got Beth from England. She's actually. Do you know what? I knew her from a little, and as they say, she as she's a beautiful, amazing young lady right now. She's. Let yeah. me just interrupt
1: that. that uh, my husband's grandmother came from England, and we've spent a lot of time in England. It's his favorite. It's his favorite uh, vacation spot. His grandmother, you know, England. You never take England out of anybody. You probably know that. So uh, he, his bandwagon was English. I have an aunt who was uh, Scottish. She was a, a child that was uh, moved out of London during the war and ended up oh, in Scotland. Yeah. And she's still alive. And um, I love her dearly. And, I, you know, we have, a, we have that kind of connection to England, and
0: it's, it's a fun one. I knew there was a reason why I liked you so much, Lydia. <laughs> I, I do get homesick, I have to say, because there's, there's no place like it. It is absolutely amazing, and and just like the U.S., it's amazing how different people are going from one city to another and how different the accents are from one city to another, even though it's a really, really small country. Yeah. Um, I think people don't realise that you can have a country so small and yet it'd be so different and, from city to city to city, it's, it's, it's truly amazing. Um, we've also got a comment from James, he says, okay, why does it say Harriet? <laughs> okay. Say family's account. It's All like right, um, if you put
1: Harriet in front of Lydia and Yulin behind Niebuhr, that is my whole name. Now, when I was in research and uh, development at, at Hormel, I wrote a lot of papers and for 17 years, um, I actually developed ingredients for cosmetic companies and did a lot of presentations. So I was known in that industry for a while under the name Harriet Euland. And wow. so when I started writing, I said, this is the inner me. So I dropped the Harriet and the Ulan and became Lydia Emma Bieber, which is, you know, I was baptized Harriet Lydia Emma Bieber and
0: then Mary became Eulan. So I've got to say, when you, when you become an author or new, and you're ap, 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 actually publicating your name, it makes sense to shorten it to something that's memorable. Because otherwise, you know, I've seen authors that have got really unusual names or really long, and I and I think to myself, how on earth do their readers like manage to remember their names? I mean well, you know, there's like
1: <laughs> There's also kind of defense there too. I mean, what if I wrote something and the family hated it and they didn't want, you know, I, I could they wouldn't have to claim me.
0: That's true as well. That's true as well. I was surprised my family haven't the same me already, to be honest with you, Lydia. There we go. <laughs> um, we've also got Heather who's joined us. Hi, Heather. Um, I would suggest everyone check out Heather's new book group because it's absolutely fantastic. Um, we've also got Anna. She says hi. And we've also got Kirsten. She says good afternoon. Hello, Kirsten. Hello. How are you doing, Kirsten? Feeling hi. better, now? Oh, bless her. I hope she is feeling okay. I was actually watching you, Kirsten, with Lydia on your interview chat um, which was really lovely I I got I felt like I was getting the inside scoop <laughs> now Lydia oh my gosh you've had such a massive journey so far um, I mean obviously you've had you know as you said 37 years plus and in, in the yeah. medical side and research and everything else and I can't even imagine you know the blood sweat and tears that went into that and then just when you retire and other people are just relaxing and chilling out and doing gardening, you then go on to publish over 14 books. Well, I didn't just stop being
1: a research person at Hormel and start writing. These were in drawers for over the years. Um, I, (laughs) I saved them all. But to tell you how old, and I'm really dating myself here, they're all saved, were saved on five inch floppies. But fortunately for me, I had printed them all out on my dot matrix printer and had them in drawers. So when I retired, I started pulling them out and then by retyping them, it was my first edit. <laughs> but And I, I know, I've told Kirsten this story and I've told others that, and, the one book I wrote literally on the job, I was in a cold room in a gelatin plant in Davenport, Iowa, and I couldn't leave the room because of the equipment I was watching. So I had a little pocket notebook and I started writing the book, and in three days, the whole book was done.
0: And that was my first, the first book I put out, and that was called The Phantom of Cherry Hill. That's just amazing. I'll tell you, it just goes to show one, that people should definitely not throw anything away when it comes to writing. <laughs> And, and two, it's always a good idea to have it on paper somewhere because technology moves on so well. Te- from when we were young, technology has moved so fast. And as you said, you know, one minute you're using a floppy disk, ne- next minute you're using a tiny little chip thing like that that yep. you're sticking into your computer. So, uh, thank goodness you were so smart to do, to do so. <laughs>
1: Maybe it was just ego, I don't know. I had a stack of them, I don't know. But, that's, but see, when I did when, when I did do research uh, and I was in the protein chemistry of byproducts of the food production at the plant, uh, if you developed a product, you have to go to the plant and set up the process. And that would require sometimes being away from home for a week. And I never liked to just go out and have dinner by myself. So I would bring stuff in and I I would write in the night in the hotel room and what
0: else can you do? I mean, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't a big TV fan. And so that's, that's what I wrote. I think that's fantastic. I I think any writer who uses any opportunity to write is a very smart writer. And, and, you know, I, I used to literally have to wait outside my daughter's school for nearly an hour. For her to come out, only because if you didn't get there early, you couldn't get any parking whatsoever. You you were stuffed. You would literally be holding up traffic or getting in the way. So I would just go early, sit in my car, and I'd take my iPad or my phone, and I'd be I'd be writing. Um, yeah. But it's amazing when you do that five days a week. It's amazing how much you can accomplish.
1: <laughs> yep. Well, for a while, um, I also had a partner and we had a sewing business so I had a traveling sewing machine that I would take on these trips when I was going to plants too and yeah close,
0: so yeah I think that's wonderful I think it, any chance of being creative is a good thing because it makes us feel good yeah. Uh, yeah. and we feel accomplished as well it's, it's just amazing now everybody who's watching if you've got questions for Lydia don't be shy put them in the comments and we can ask them for you um Now, the other thing that really impressed me about you, Lydia, because I I admire anybody who can turn their hand to different things, um, especially in the writing world. But you write for multi-genres as well, I I believe. (laughs) Historical fiction, which you must love because of your love of research. Um, Plus, you've, you've written for middle grade and young adult as well. I think that's wonderful.
1: Well, I started writing for middle grade readers, um, partly because I have to break. My have very intelligent children. Three, the second one taught himself to read, or maybe his older sister helped teach him to read before he went to school. Wow! And I remember so clearly him coming home one night, you know, from school one afternoon, and very grumbly saying, "I am not going to read Pippi Longstockings," and and I got to looking around and <laughs> there weren't a lot of books that had boy characters. Now, most of my, almost all of my books have at least a boy in them except one and or boy girl combinations. Um, but there, there also, we went through my husband and, and you know, farms and, and farmer turned into a historian and he's also got a book coming out now. And, um, It was tough times, and there were a lot of kids in the rural area that had tough times. And I wanted them to be be able to read something that made them smile. So I have some that have a lot of humor in them. You know, a lot of them because their age is like seventh, eighth grade, sixth grade. Boys are just the girls have discovered the boys, but the boys are just discovering the girls. Some things like that. And I touched on subjects that that kids that age would be uh, come, in, come into contact with. I have one where um, the boy comes out of foster care, one of them where um, he thinks his parents are getting divorced and how he's got to deal with that. And um, one where two really good friends, one of them gets cancer, but I never use the word cancer in the book. Describe which kids that age know anyway? They don't have to have it thrown up to them, but they see how this, how this, these two boys' friendship got them through that. Uh, and I have some really fun ones where there's twin girls, and the boys can never, de- they can never tell them apart until they decide. Well, so and so has the green boots today, and the other one has the blue boots, or something, you know, that kind of thing. And and um, so I, I, I and, and the last, the last book I wrote, uh, Billy and the Bombers. I should. Bombers wasn't probably the best choice, but that was what my kid's school name was for a while. It's a baseball team. I love baseball. Oh, wow. would love if the tw- Minnesota Twins played better. But And so it's, this is a story about some, a boy who's got to move. His father's got to move off the farm, get a t- job in town, and he thinks the world is come to an end because he can't play baseball. Oh. And it's how, how he gets involved in and then the, the one, I have one book um, that is has a soul girl as a character, and only because I had a very faithful young reader, and she came to her grandmother one day, a friend of mine said, how come there aren't any girl heroes in stories? So I wrote that one. I wrote that one as we were traveling through uh, Europe with some friends. <laughs>
0: I think that's lovely, Lydia. I really, really do, and I love the fact that you—you know—you've written stories that children can relate to, and and maybe you know it can help them get through similar situations. Because I think children are a lot more sensitive than we realise. You know, obviously, children—you know—that's so resilient but yet they absorb so much and they take on so much. And, you know, and things that as adults, we think, oh, that's not really a big deal to a child. It can be a really, really big deal, like having a sick friend or, you know, hearing your parents not getting on and, oh, my gosh, are they going to divorce? So I think books like yours that give them some solace in such a lovely way and such a thought-out way um, is absolutely wonderful. I I. I I applaud you, I really, really do. Um, And I think there should be definitely be more books like yours out there.
1: (laughs) Well, one of the things that I made business cards and I just had to make new ones because my email address died. Um, I always promoted the books as without violence for young people without violence. Um, Now, the the one book that can be for young adult and middle grade is uh, under the Daytime Moon. This is a historical fiction. Uh, where I grew up in Minnesota, I grew up in a little town on a farm t- close to Gibbon, Minnesota. And south of me, between where I lived and the town of New Minnesota, was an Indian uprising in 1862. And that's the story of two girls, a A girl that an immigrant girl that comes to move into the area and an Indian girl who's already living there and they become friends and it follows their lives for the time they meet at age twelve through up to and through and beyond the conflict so it covers a lot of years and it follows their lives and it my goal with that book um, was to be a champion for the Indians. (laughs) And and I I went around around with my editor on this. We called them Indians. They were called Indians in 1862, not Native Americans. And now uh, it's a better term. But I always felt they kind of got the shaft from our government, and I wanted to show that and show what was the result of it. And uh, so I had put that one out a couple of years ago, but with the help of Fox Publishing, have made it have republished it under the name under the Daytime Moon. And it's a much better book and it did a lot, involve a lot of research and I have a lot of help because um, my husband is a history, was a retired, he is a history, retired history professor from the two year college that is in Austin, Minnesota. And so he can correct, he can tell me if it's, it's factual.
0: I've got to tell you, considering you love writing historical fiction, that has got to come in handy, having a husband who knows everything.
1: (laughs) He's smart. He knows everything. So I can, you know, no matter what subject,
0: he can, you know, he can can fill me in and get me on the right track. So That's that's absolutely fantastic. I mean, what a team. You're like a power couple for for literature now. (laughs) Well, I think, you know, I I think with his help –
1: our oldest grandson who will soon be 16 is also going to be his first book will be coming out i think the end of this summer wow. liam you joy is uh is our grandson i have three granddaughters that i know for sure have been writing two of them in newspapers for newspapers and they're fifth going out. 15 going soon to be 15 and one is 12 and one is 11 and you know they they do a lot of writing they just don't always show it to me but uh But they, you know, it's kind of rubbed off. I I never could get anybody to follow into science. So let them follow into writing.
0: I love that. I mean, I mean, that's just fantastic. And it must be so cool for them to see their grandmother, you know, being a prolific author and and publishing all these books. That's got to be the coolest thing ever. I don't know. They're kind of cool
1: about it. They never say
0: anything. So I'm never sure what they're thinking. But I bet (laughs) they drop it into conversation. Oh yeah, my, my grandma's an author, don't you know? <laughs> I love it. I love it. We've got some more people joining us. I'm gonna pop them on the screen so we can say hello. We got Bonnie who's joined us. She says hello, ladies. And we've also oh James says the book sounds fantastic. I absolutely agree. Which, is, um, so, which
1: one was he talking
0: about? The, the, I, 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 I think, think about yeah, I think about the 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 two girls mm-hmm. there. Friendship journey, um, and we've also got Josephine. She says hello, lo- um, hello, lovelies, and good evening. She's in the UK okay. um, now. I know you've got the most amazing book collection behind you, which are all the books that you've actually published, yeah. which is just tremendous. Yeah, this, uh... Look at those beautiful books. Now, for those of you who wa- who are watching um, the the Sand Dancer. And the one next to it, I Am Perfect, are the most recent releases. This is backwards. It's always the opposite. That's it, perfect. Look at that cover. This one
1: um, has been republished by Fox, and I'll have to give Fox a lot of credit with what they have done for me. Um, And fortunately, Kirsten warned my editor that I was coming out of scientific writing, which meant that... I, the first this when we first went through there was a lot of uh what's his emotion? You know it science you it's facts. Yeah. And so I, you know, I didn't have a lot of emotion in that one. So that that was it, this is the this is the one that I have a lot of fun with. This is called I Am Perfect. And um, it's beautiful.
0: Oh, and it's and it's illustrated by Kim Hanzo, who I, I interviewed recently. Yes, yes, and wow. she did a lovely job. It, it,
1: there's, you can see, let see. Oh, six, sure. These six young people all feel they don't fit in. And she, Kim has made them all different ethnicities, which is, I think it's just great because it's not a problem for one.
0: It's all, all children. All children yeah. at some point feel socially yeah. awkward or self-conscious. Um, and, and you've both done a beautiful job of the book. It's just absolutely stunning. Um, oh, and James says, that's the one. Forget the title, something about moon. <laughs> well, it's the daytime moon. You know what a daytime moon daytime is? Moon. There we go, James, daytime moon. So mm-hmm. it, what you can do, uh, in fact, Kirsten has ex- very kindly just put in the comments um your profile link for fox point publishing so james you can actually click on that link that's in the comments um and you can view all of Lydia's books and they're absolutely wonderful um oh there we go Bonnie says the sand dancer sounds good they, bonnie you need to check all of them out because they're amazing they really really are so I mean you you've been you've been working basically just nonstop
1: Yes. Well, you know, uh, finally, I think we were pretty much caught up on edits because I was working on edits for about four books at once. And I was just driving me crazy. And one day, Dean said to me, uh, you know, if that's the way you're going to feel, then maybe you should stop writing. It's like, no, I can't do that. But now we're cleared. And so I'm really into book four in in this Sand Dancer series. Um, and by the way, if anybody, uh, there's four, there's three books, the fourth one being written in that series, the Bad Wheeler series, each book can be read independently without having to follow through. But there are carryover characters from book one, to book two, from two to three, and three to four. So, you know, there's a little bit of a tie, but the, you don't necessarily have to read them in order.
0: I think it takes a lot of skill to be able to write a series that are a series but they can also be standalone books i think that's a real skill because for me when i wrote my trilogy i literally just did one continuous story because it just as i'm finishing book 1 book 2 was just popping in my head and the story would continue on and but to to have those as individuals and a series i think it's a real gift well yeah,
1: it's been fun I, I, and i was explaining the premise of the book that I'm writing now <laughs> Dean says to me where do you get
0: those dark thoughts from <laughs> you're a nice person generally why are you
1: getting it <laughs>
0: they say never to upset a writer <laughs> because they will kill you off in their next book <laughs> <ready> to- <laughs> <and death. laughs> yes
1: well, did you did you by any chance want me to read some of the part of this book this is the one that's just out oh literally. perfect. If you wouldn't mind,
0: that would be absolutely. I'm gonna just read the,
1: kind of the introduction and then the conclusion, if that's all right. Okay. Oh,
0: that would be lovely. Oh, I'm excited.
1: Okay. Um, so it says, "What a dull world this would be if everyone looked the same, don't you think?" Though maybe you aren't happy about the way you're growing or the way you look. What can you do when you aren't like everyone else? What do you do when you feel too different? You could sigh and wish to be someone else. Well, maybe there is something else just for you. Okay, then it goes to these four people. And at the end, it says, it is important to know you're a special person. Never think your shape or size is not good enough, that you aren't good enough. One day you will prove that your body is right for you. Then you too can probably declare." I am perfect just the way I am.
0: Being different oh. okay after all. Oh, Lydia, I do you know what I absolutely love that. I really really do. I feel quite tearful actually. It's so lovely. Um that's it's I, you know, here it is. I and
1: did yes. such a wonderful job. I, I told her, you know, I have no experience with this. This is the only one. I wrote this many years ago, and it's um <laughs> I had fun with it. I liked it. That was something the way I felt. Uh, I, I ran into a couple kids who were kind of not feeling good about themselves, and that's how that came out. But I get, it was shelved. I had asked a friend of mine to, who did caricatures to do that, and uh, he didn't think it was a good idea, so I just packed it away again and then mentioned it to Chelsea one day and Kirsten, and, and away we went.
0: I, I love it. I absolutely do. And I mean, I'm the mother of like you, you know, I'm the mother of four children, two boys and two girls. And I think all of them at some stage um, through their childhood have gone through that. You know, I'm not skinny like them or, you know, I'm, I'm too skinny or, you know, my feet look too big or they, you know, they go through all these changes as children and they do Feel insecure, especially when they're constantly seeing these so-called perfect other <laughs> on, on magazines and everything else. And um, and 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 in fact, we went to uh, we went to Dis- Disney World on one occasion when they were younger. And I it, we went to it was like a the main square, so there was it was just packed people everywhere. And all of a sudden, I thought to myself, this is the perfect ideal opportunity to give my kids a life lesson. I know I'm so strange. <laughs> it's a bit weird. But I just looked at all these different and it just blew me away. Because I'm, as writers, we, we tend to be a lot more observant, and we tend to be people watchers, and we notice things that a lot of people don't. So I'm stood in this square, and I'm looking around, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, you know, you couldn't get a more diverse place than Disney. I mean, there were people of all sizes, shapes and colours and, and and personalities. And I thought, this, this is too good an opportunity to miss. So I stopped on my children and they thought I was going nuts. And I said to them, just stop a minute. I want you to have a look around and see how many supermodels you can see. And they looked at me like really odd. And I said, no, I want you to do it. I want you to look at all these thousands of people that we're here with now And just have a look and see how many supermodels you can see. And they all started craning their necks and looking around and scanning all the crowds. And they all said, no, can't see any. I said, exactly. Exactly. I said, that's exactly the lesson I want you to learn. I said, because those people that you see in the books and magazines and in the movies are such a small percentage of the human race. Hardly anyone looks that good we've all got bits that are different sizes feet that are the two different sizes straight hair, straight hair different color skin blah blah blah. the point is there is no perfect human being everyone you see is unique and that's wonderful and they always like oh okay mum. yeah we get your point but I thought it was just a pivotal moment to be able to give them such a good example. Yeah. Uh, so I love the fact that your book does that for children. It says you are perfect, just the way you are. Um, because I think more children need to hear things like that. Yeah, I do too. I do. Yeah. Too. I feel yeah. like you're my soulmate, Lydia. <laughs> <coughs> We've got a couple more comments. So I'm just um I'm just Popping them on here. Oh, Bonnie says, I'm wearing my destination unknown t-shirt, which she won from me recently. I love you, Bonnie. You are so sweet. And I've seen a photograph, I think. So, and if I remember rightly, Bonnie, you made it look really good. <laughs> I have to say. Um, oh, we've also got one. Oh, Bonnie says, I am perfect looks like a oh, I am perfect, looks like a valuable book. I, I absolutely agree with that. I really, really do. I think it's just beautiful. Now, we discussed earlier about you possibly doing a, a book giveaway. Did you decide on which one you would like to do? Well,
1: since, the uh, you know, I guess I, I don't really know. Um, I kind of thought that I Am Perfect um, was one, but like I said, I, I I don't I'm not sure how you get these books to them. Who wants them, or however we do this? Because I don't I ordered these books, and it took me a long time to order Because number one, I'm not very savvy with the computer, and it took me three weeks I think to order So they haven't come yet. Now, and I have books of the Sand Dancer. Uh, the book, uh, the order of the Hitchhiker hasn't arrived either yet. So um. wow.
0: Now, now a lot of the books are available on Amazon. All of the, yeah all of the early books are available on Amazon. Fantastic. Well let's do one of those if that's all right with you and then we can we can just send it direct to the winner. Okay. If that's okay. Um now all all you have to do this will be US only everybody because otherwise it just gets too expensive for our authors and none of us are making thousands. It's a myth. (laughs) Well, Pearson says we're going to. Didn't she say that? Well, eventually, eventually, we will all get there. But at the moment, so so it will be U.S. only. But all you have to do to enter to to win a copy of one of Lydia's books um, is to share Lydia's author interview. Um, you can do it on any platform where I am so I can see it and um, you can tag me so I can see it. Um, and you can share as many times as you like. So the more shares, the more interest you get to win one of Lydia's amazing, beautiful books. Now, the winner for last week, um, as you know, we had Ashley LaRue on the show, which was super exciting as well. And the winner for sharing Ashley's interview is Sherry Brown. Um, I have messaged Sherry, so I will um, I will keep on that. Um, but I have messaged her, and hopefully she will get her copy soon of the fabulous Ashley. So we're, we're getting winners every week, Lydia. It's absolutely wonderful.
1: Do you want me to offer a book that's already
0: on Amazon? We can do that.
1: You want one that's sort of serious or one that's funny? Oh, okay.
0: Oh, that's a good okay. one. Here's let one. the we can let the winner choose. Oh, okay. yeah. oh my gosh! Look at that face. That's beautiful. This is the tail of a seventh grade dog. Oh my gosh! That is super cute. <laughs> now,
1: this is taken from the real life adventures of that number two son that didn't like Pippi Longstockings. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> My husband and I were traveling in Europe, and we called home. and He said, "Can I try out for a play?" And We said, "Sure." He comes home, and he said, "Oh, and he he can he he could mock different accents and dialects and stuff like that." And so they got the part. The part turned out to be a German woman who was the camp counselor. <laughs> I've never laughed so hard in all my life, but him <laughs> march out there in this skirt, his father wasn't too sure about that. But it, oh, this nice is nice kind of based on there, this boy has to go and learn how to bark because he promised his mother he'd take part in something and he ended up getting the role of the dog in a play. And so he had to learn to bark. And so that's one oh,
0: that, oh, of the humorous ones
1: um, that I have.
0: Um, now, Lydia, you've got to tell me, did your son actually nail the German accent? Oh, did he ever? I mean, I did, the audience was
1: in stitches. He he was good. He was good. But he, you know, to have him march across the stage in his skirt you know, with all these little kids following him because he was camp counselor. It was, it was hilarious. And I, I remember I was helping backstage and I was sitting cross over on his lap facing him. And I said, you know, I thought I would have to teach my daughter how to use <laughs> mascara, never my son.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh I love that I think that's so funny my husband is actually very very good at different accents um and and I think that's why we've been so happily married for so long because he cracks me up he will come out with the strangest things and for for our 20 20th, 20th wedding anniversary we went to New York I'd never been and he he took me and it was just fantastic but the whole time, Lydia, that we were there, he kept going, bearing in mind he's British, I'm terrible at accents, but he kept going, hey, I'm walking here. I can't I can't do it properly. I can't do it. But he nails these accents, and that he did that the whole time we were in New York. He just slotted straight in. <laughs> well, you know, I, I have three.
1: Uh, oldest is a daughter, and the other is another son, uh, I always said if I lined those three up and something really embarrassing would happen, my daughter and my youngest son would want to just fade into the woodwork. <laughs> my oldest son would step forward and take credit for it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I think it's so much fun when your kids are like that. Um, <laughs> uh, years and years ago, when when the kids were ch- teenagers, we did this this um like a fourth of july boat show we'd literally just moved to america so it was all very new our neighbors said oh yeah it'd be great fun you know enter enter and it'll be great so i bought my boys well i decided to do hawaiian theme because i i had very little time so i bought my boys hawaiian shirts hat shorts and everything else they were saying, no i'm not wearing that don't want to wear that I said you either wear that or you're wearing the grass skirts and the coconuts. I will let you guess what they picked, Lydia. <laughs> Hate to say, they were the next day they were on the boat with music blaring, and they had coconuts, grass skirts, and we're doing the hula. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. They got mom. <laughs> oh, they 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 just absolutely cracked me up. Now I wanted to talk to you about the beautiful space that you're sat in right now, um, because I think it's super important for any writer to have a really good environment in which to be creative. And you've actually created your own, and I think it's absolutely wonderful. Tell us about your writing space.
1: It is a 12-foot diameter octagon,
0: extra wide windows. Um, so I
1: have a window on every wall, except for where the door is. Uh, I, when I furnished it, I got glass top desk, glass for writing desk, and computer table. So there's nothing chunky taking up, you know. So it seems lighter, and, and uh, there, we have a lot of wine and cheese parties here too. <laughs> we're we're due uh, every year when I start coming out here using the the uh, writing center, we have a reopening with Champagne, and um, we haven't done that this year. Unfortunately, last year, we really couldn't, and before that, the year before that, um, 2019 was the last one we did, and at the end of 2019, this very, very good friend of mine who we traveled with, him and his wife, he passed away at the end of the year, and so... It's not—it's not quite the same, but we're gonna get—we're gonna do it. We're gonna have his wife's gonna be with us, and some other people. We're gonna be joining in now. So, yeah, we're gonna open it up. But you know, it's—it's it's kind of the thing. I—I I have a heater in here because I really push it to get out of here out here early. Um, and later on, I'll have a fan. But I, with the windows all around, I can usually catch the breeze coming through. And I have a little weather vane outside, which tells me which direction the wind is
0: from, so I know which windows to open. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know that that's the the smart medical side of you, scientific side kicking in there. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's absolutely lovely that not only can you use it as a dual purpose space, but I think it's lovely that you know you're going to be able to 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 have a you know a small event in memory of your friend, which I'm so sorry you, you lost him, but yeah. it's really lovely that you'll be able to, you know, ha- put some positivity in the area and, and do it in his memory. Yep. I think that's lovely. But do you find that having that separate space away from the house enables you to be more productive? Because I don't know about you, I can't settle and write if I know I've got stuff to do in the house. I've got an ironing pile to do, or I've got this to do, or I've got that to do, and, and I, I can't switch off. I find it very difficult switching off from being in the house because there's little things that I have to do and I can't get stuck into my writing.
1: Well, a couple of years ago, um, and we live on the farm that Dean's parents had and his grandparents, um, we added onto the house and the major part of that addition is the library. Um we have to build more shelves because even though this is a huge room, it's filled. And it's Dean. Dean has his desk and his computer in there, and that's his working space. Um, but it's a split level house, and so on the lower level I have redesigned an area um where I, I could because we had little grandchildren for a while, I could close up the, the drawer where the keyboard was in and close the doors and keep the computer away. And that's where I work in the winter months, because I, I don't have a heater strong enough to be out here. Um, in fact, I'm not allowed to even come out here if there's a even little bit of snow on this sidewalk. <laughs> those are the sidewalk. Those are the rules from...
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can understand why, having broken two ankles in less than a year, I take. Total- oh with that Lydia because <laughs> you never know
1: yeah no
0: I so I don't
1: but you know I just uh, like I said I put the heater out here and I can put the fan somewhere it's, and I'm out here almost every day if I can be the only thing that chases me out of here is sometimes a thunderstorm if I want to get in the house before I get soaked I'm going to be doing like, and I never leave my computer out here so I want you know I want to carry it um, or if in Minnesota, the humidity can get pretty high sometimes in summer,
0: <laughs> and wow. no matter how many fans you got going, it just doesn't work. So <clears throat> yeah. I, I feel you on that one because we we lived in South Carolina for five years, and then the summer nine times out of ten we had a hundred percent humidity, yeah. and you walked outside and it was like being slapped with a wet blanket. It's like <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you could literally have a shower, go outside, and then instantly feel like you need another one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, We've got some more comments, so I'm going to pop them up um, because time, it's amazing how quick the time goes. It really, really is. It's it's crazy. Kirsten says, fingers and toes crossed when the world opens up again. I agree. I cannot wait. I'm sure everybody feels the same way, especially for us authors, because we're not able to do all the things we would normally do. Um, Bonnie says, I will share it on Facebook. Oh, thank you. You She's she's awesome. She's awesome. She's a big sharer of the show, and we truly, truly appreciate it. Um, Bonnie says... Oh, I nearly deleted it by accident. Then she says, Oh, I want the tail of the seventh grade dog. Oh, it's that cover. It is that cover. I Because abs- it's a golden retriever, isn't it?
1: Well, you know, this is when I was doing the self
0: publication on Amazon, I used their stock photos. <laughs> so that's the only thing that could come up with. Do you, I, I? I'm a I'm a, I, I'm a great lover of golden retrievers. I, I really am, and labradors because we had a golden retriever, and my gosh, she literally lived until she was fifteen, and she was the most beautiful and smart and sensitive dog. Um, so as soon as I saw that cover, I was in love because I love I love Goldies. I can't. Have it. I, I well, we don't we don't have a dog
1: out here. Um, we have. She had a Black Angus calves, a young cattle out here now. My husband, oh, raised them. So, and they're, uh, <laughs> yeah, I name everything, and he makes fun of me. I mean, I even have a name for my car, but um, last year he had four, and he called them Gladys, Knight, and the Pips. I love that. So this year, I asked him, I said, Well, what are you naming? Are you going to stay with the musical theme kind of thing? He said, I don't know. I can't think of any. So I named them Peter, Paul, and Mary.
0: Oh, I love that. (laughs) It just rolls off the tongue there, Lydia. It really. Yeah, yeah. You know. Bonnie says, Wine, cheese, a woman after my own heart. You absolutely. You and me both. I love a nice red wine and some uh, and a cheese selection. Ideally, I, I I'm a cheese addict like my sister. Unfortunately, um, now this is going to make you giggle. Lydia, is oh. your chipmunk back?
1: <laughs> I I would have been awake since five o'clock this morning. There is a chipmunk under the bush under her bedroom window, and it's tick, 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 tick. Oh, it, it doesn't stop. He never he never wears out his voice. <laughs> and and oh, you won't know, leave! Yeah, the chipmunks. What they tend to do when I plant flowers and squirrels too—they dig everything out. So, I, I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm gonna safe war with them this year. I bought, you know, cayenne pepper. Yes. Well, I bought some off the internet. It's sixty thousand Scoville units, which is probably. <laughs> 600 times what you buy in the store. And from now, when I plant flowers, this is gonna be spread around the base of my flowers and they better put the little moves in there and decide
0: that that they gotta leave it alone. Do you know what? I've suddenly got visual image of like squirrels and chipmunks speeding across your garden like Speedy Gonzales. (laughs) Well, you're out here.
1: because we're out, you know, we're we're a ways from any like town where are yeah. our closest town is the intersection down here called Corning. But uh one day as I was riding here, a coyote ran across. We've had um woodchucks go by, we have turkeys, deer, they're kind of disappeared. Every once in a while there's a bald eagle that'll swoop down around here, and make a net with hawks and stuff, and so on. wow. But when I'm out here, when it's nice and the windows are open and I plug in a CD in my computer, you know, kind of classical music, it's kind of fun to watch. If you sit real still, the robins and even some of the squirrels will hop up close around me and stop and cock their head. They hear it, you know, but they can't quite figure out what it is. But the robins are the most fun
0: I think it's lovely, and I love. I mean, I'm a huge nature fan, as all my readers know. But it sounds like you've got like a, a constant, endless supply of little critters. that <laughs> you have stories about it. Like, I'd be in my. I'd be in my element. <laughs> really well, would. It, you know, the only the only ones that you know
1: kind of make a mess are the raccoons if they get into the corn that he has for the cattle. But then now he's got to, you know, in so they can't knock over sex and stuff like that. But so they're the only ones that are really a pest, but I haven't seen any of them this year. And the, and the turkeys disappeared, and I think the deer have moved on too. We have some wooded areas down the road, and I think they are gone into them.
0: Oh, that's probably where all the shoots are, that's what they're probably looking for. Um, <coughs> oh, hang on. What did she say? Okay. <laughs> Kirsten says, ask Lydia... <laughs> about her chipmunk entertainment outside her writing center.
1: <laughs> well, you know, well, I, I try. I try to be tolerant, but when I mess up my gardens, the tolerance goes out the window. And Dean didn't like the idea that one. Well, it's been two summers now. Stray cat wandered in. I, it wasn't ours. Just came around with. I loved it when she come prancing by with this
0: chipmunk
1: in her mouth. <laughs> I know, I know. I should be
0: more kind oh Yes. Yeah, <laughs> if I leave flowers alone, I'd leave them alone. Oh, my gosh. Do you know what? A cat's a good thing. We had a cat in South Carolina, which we couldn't bring with us to California, unfortunately, because she pretty much moved in with our neighbor. Which was, which was fine, which was lovely. But she was, she was a torturer of, I'm crying, literally laughing. Uh, she was a torturer of chipmunks. I've never seen a cat so evil, but so beautiful. I've got, honestly, Lydia, she would catch these chipmunks and you'd see her laid in the front garden and her paws would be like that. And then you'd watch her and she'd be looking around and then she'd lift her paws off and this little, Chipmunk would run out like, I'm free, I'm free. So, let it run a certain way. And then, next thing you know, she'd pounce on it, get it, play with it, and then hold it for a little bit longer. <laughs> that same <laughs> it made me feel awful. It's like she was giving them a slow death. It was evil. <laughs> In fact, my children, Nick, she was called Melody. And my children started calling her Satan and Lucifer. <laughs> that's, that's, they call the cat Lucifer the cat <laughs> oh my gosh right let's have a look at some more comments um, Suzanne says it's so hard to write when every time you get into a scene someone interrupts you I'd love a space like that I, I and I think you've done the right thing Lydia because it is tough isn't it because if you're within eyesight or line of your family it's Darling, blah 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 blah, or Mum, can I have blah blah blah? And you just want to be left alone because you're in that writing zone, and you just want to be typing away. So well, I, see, speak-
1: you know, even even uh, when I'm in house, I mean, we're on two different floors, and so and it's just the two of us. The kids are all gone and married, and kids are their own. So we don't. I don't have that, you know, interruption. But I do like to be when I'm in a zone
0: writing. I don't like to be interrupted.
1: Yeah.
0: So. I'm the same. I stay up till stupid o'clock. And my best writing time is when everybody when I've when I know I've got everything I needed to get done is finished. And then I've we've had dinner, everyone's, you know, had their chill out time, they've all gone to bed. And then I'll stay up till stupid o'clock, like two in the morning. Because I'm writing, because that's quiet. There's no traffic noises. There's nothing going on, and I can just get stuck in. My poor husband says, "And well, what time did you come to bed last night?" And I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm still up first in the morning. You know, because you know you you've got to do what you got to do to make it happen, have not you? Um, Peggy says hello. So nice to see you both. She is lovely. Thank you, Peggy. And she also says, "Absolutely, we'll share on Facebook." Thank you, my darling. She's such a star. Um, and Kirsten says she makes me love. Maybe the chipmunks chased all of the animals away, <laughs> maybe they were ganging up on them. You never know. No,
1: I think that uh, I've, I've only seen that one noisy one this morning. Oh my um, god, but the, there's the squirrels. The squirrels knock my flower pots over and dig out. There's nothing planted in them, they dug out and threw the dirt all over the patio. So.
0: They're just curious, aren't they? I mean, they look super cute, but as you said, they can be really disruptive, especially if you like planting vegetables, flowers, or anything. The moment there's freshly dug anything, they are in there. Right. right. If you, dig, you put
1: anything in a pot, they see. if they see you do it, then they think you've buried some food for them, and that's when they rip everything
0: out. <laughs> the next, we'll be hearing about Lydia on the news next year. It'll be... Uh, Writer from Minnesota sets traps and ex- this many buried explosions for chipmunks.
1: <laughs> well, maybe maybe if the if the cayenne works, <laughs> yeah, a peaceful summer.
0: <laughs> it will be their poor little butts that are exploding, poor little things. <laughs> check, check in with me
1: about middle of July. We'll see
0: how it goes. <laughs> oh my gosh, I definitely want to find out. I do, Lydia. Thank you so much yeah, for this. Just, fantastic you are such a, a lovely woman and so talented um your books are absolutely fabulous and everybody who's watching when you do get Lydia's books please make sure that you do leave a review sorry look you can see my I'm literally crying with laughter um please leave Lydia reviews on Amazon or Goodreads yes, wherever whatever platform you use please leave a review they are so important um because they do help other readers find us through your reviews so that's super important but Lydia thank you so much I'm super excited for you because obviously I know you've got more books to come this year and, and in the future as well so um, I will definitely keep posted on the Fox Point Publishing website because I know all your books and news get all put on there um, okay. thank you so much for being such a wonderful guest thank you for inviting me to do this I, you I, are. I had fun.
1: I hope.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. You, you're absolutely wonderful. You really, really are. Thank you, every everybody, for joining us. We truly appreciate it. Um, don't forget to join us this Thursday because I'll be interviewing the fabulous Carmen Tribbett, who is also a Fox Point published author as well. Um, and you're all fantastic. You do. I, I, this is just a joy. I love doing this. I really, really do. So join us for Thursday's live interview. And Lydia, I hope we can catch up with you again soon in the future. I hope you do. do. All right. Awesome. Well, have a fantastic day, everybody. And we'll see everyone for the next witty Writers Show on Thursday. Bye for now. Bye. Bye.